And I think it's it doesn't always have to be this big dramatic thing. You know, there's that 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 phrase of like cool guys don't look at explosions. It doesn't need to be this <laughs> nuclear bomb going off behind you as you walk away from it. It doesn't yeah. have to be something so big or so dramatic. It can literally just be I'm not just gonna I'm just not gonna do that anymore. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you define your reality here in the universe based on what the Bible says you should be believing, not what the culture says what you should be believing, not what the media says you should be believing, but instead you utilizing the Bible to help you craft your worldview and understand what is really going on in your life these days. Um, we have our very own guide through this journey of learning to think for ourselves and understand where we belong in the universe. And that's our very own Salty Pastor, Dr. Douglas Peak. Well, greetings, everybody. It's good to be here. Salty Pastor is all about helping you think critically. Critical thinking skills are on the wane in our society today, but they're really necessary for your spiritual growth and how to navigate all the things you're being inundated with. So the whole point of the Salty Pastor is not to tell you what to think, but to help you think for yourself, develop these critical thinking skills. And so as the world spins out of control, our hope is you can find a rock solid, unchanging principles that come from the Bible that help you think critically uh, and allow you to navigate this thing called life. So here on the Salty Pastor, every Tuesday, we do a Bible study uh, focusing on the biblical principles that are coming up in the mm -hmm. sermon coming on Sunday. And then on Thursdays, we spend some time talking about how those biblical principles happen and apply to our real life every day in modern times. So yeah. today is a Tuesday when we're recording yes. this. So we're going to be talking about some uh, biblical principles, doing some Bible study portions. Correct. And we're in the middle of our summer series, Get Up and Go!, practical steps that you can take to activate mm -hmm. your faith and get your life moving again. COVID had us all shut down. We were, we were having yes. to kind of isolate and be really stagnant in a lot mm -hmm. of things because yeah. we were locked in our houses, um, depending on where you're at in the country, very literally, or sometimes just figuratively. Yeah. A but, lot of people's lives kind of stalled out. Yeah. And then that hung on. And it just, and th things are starting to pick back up, but you got to, not just pick up going out to the mall. You got to pick up and go yeah. with your faith. Yes. So um, as your faith stalls, your whole life stalls. And we thought that everyone needed a practical encouragement to get their faith moving and growing again. So what what's our topic today, Pastor? I, I mean, the hard thing with this series is I never know, <laughs> you what's, don't know coming what's coming up next. Between <laughs> you and Pastor Harv and Zach, we're getting a different topic each week, so it's not like I can prep for them. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm here ready to hear for the first time, just like the listeners, what we're talking about on a daily basis. So uh, according yeah. to the according to the New Testament, what's the one thing we all can do right now to get our faith growing fast? Well, good old-fashioned repentance. We, Repent. uh, Are you repentance. getting your sandwich board out? Are we going out <laughs> onto the box, the apple box on the corner? There you go. <laughs> Repent. The end is near. No, repentance is the thing that is so uh, maligned and overlooked and misunderstood, but it is a power-packed way to just really get your faith growing. Mm. So, I mean, I, I, I make the joke about the sandwich board guy, yeah, but I mean, yeah. repentance kind of has a bad rap because yes, because of these stereotypes about people standing on a street corner screaming that the world's coming to an end and that you need to 
get your life together, you're going to hell. And I mean, it just has it. It's not usually the thing you think about growing your faith. It's yes. usually the uh, ripcord parachute you need to yes. pull as yes. the world's coming to an end. You yeah. know, you're watching Armageddon movies, things like <laughs> that. It's like it's usually the last step or the like emergency yeah. break. It's yeah. not usually the oh, I've been living, you know, I've been I've been reading my Bible, I've been doing the the Christian walk. Repentance isn't usually the one that people are, like, hammering yeah, home on you, yeah. right? It's kind of like, it's kind of, I call repentance the squat. The squat. Yeah, because for the longest time when you go to a gym and you're working out for Skipping decades and day. stuff, they were all like, yeah, you know, all this these things, push-ups and squats and stuff like that, no big deal, no big deal, blah, blah, blah. We have all these machines and all these new things and blah, blah, blah. Well, in the last, you know, 15 years, they've come back and they said the best things you can do to be really, really healthy are push-ups and squats. And squats. squats. When you learn to squat, it's so good for your back and it strengthens everything. It solves so many back problems. Repentance mm. is like that for your faith. It's been overlooked. Nobody likes it. But it's one of the best things you can do to strengthen your faith. But I feel like it's kind of like, it's almost kind of that, like, I got called into the principal vibe most <laughs> yeah. of the time. It's yes. like... You know, rather than going to your your metaphorical gym of faith, yes, where where it's like the you got to go see the principal, you're in trouble, yeah, and time to repent. We're, we're, we're calling your parents too, and you're like, oh man. <laughs> so so talk about this bad rap. How well, change my yeah, mind and my perception. My mind. Well, well, listen to the words that uh, were written in the book of Acts, chapter three, nineteen. They were quoting Peter as he was preaching early on. In the birth of the church, in its inception. <clears throat> and he says this, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, this Jesus. So Peter, in the very first sermon ever preached on the day of Pentecost, he finishes it, and the people say, oh, my goodness, what must we do to experience salvation, to be renewed, brought from death into life? And he says in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then in the next chapter over, chapter 3, he's preaching again, and he says this very verse, repent and turn to God so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Mm. So there's two great promises in this passage of scripture. First of all, your sins are wiped away. They are wiped out. This is kind of like a, a blotting out. Mm. They're completely removed. Uh, sins are the things that weaken us. They hold us back. They stop our growth. They distance us from Jesus. They negatively impact our marriages. It makes parenting really difficult. It makes business partnerships struggle. It makes uh, communities incapable of getting along. 90% uh, of the evil out there is purely propagated on other human beings by other human beings. Mm -hmm. And so the sin and its destructive influence kills it just it destroys everything all the good things that we think and believe and hope for in life you no know, love joy peace patience kindness mercy all of these things so first of all repentance helps you um embrace and access this forgiveness or this redemptive power of jesus christ that wipes out your sins 
The other thing it does is it connects you to Jesus. It says, verse 20, that he, meaning God, may send the Messiah, who is Jesus, and he's been appointed for you. So the repentance connects us to Jesus. Um, I, I'll tell you, I, can't, I cannot count the times in my own life, but also in the lives of so many people over the last 35 years of full-time ministry that come and say, I have a real problem. I feel so far from God. I feel so distanced from God. And I used to spend my time going, well, how's prayer going? And how's this going? And are you aligning your expectations? You know, what's going on? And blah, 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 blah. Now I go, what are you doing in your life that distances you from God? hard-hitting questions you know, what, right off what, the bat. Okay, what, what sins in your past have you not reconciled with God? What do you feel really guilty and ashamed about? What, do you, mm. what burden are you carrying? And I found that what that does is because all those early conversations always ended up there. You know, they always end up at that point uh, because repentance, what it does is it wipes that stuff away and frees you and connects you to God. If you're distant from God, then there's something about repentance that's not happening in your life. So, I mean, I, I like the phrase in, the, in this translation. Um, it uses a, a time of refreshing or like yeah. a renewal, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's so funny because we do this in our daily life all the time. You know, you go out and buy new deodorant. You, you change <laughs> out your... I your, hope so. Yeah, you would hope so. Um, <laughs> I lived in Oregon for a while. That's not necessarily a guarantee. And what's up with all these celebrities getting on now <laughs> that, that the Instagram thing. or something and saying, hey, I actually bathe and it's like, or I shower. What's up with that? Is I there the people not showering? <laughs> Apparently, oh, my um, goodness. Different discussion. That's but, different. But, I mean, we do it in our house. You know, we yeah. change up the decor. We, we, yeah. we, we, we change up our, our, our clothes. Yeah. We, we do this so much. I mean, even... When you're on a website, you'll hit refresh because you want to load something new or yeah. like your Facebook feed, you're constantly refreshing uh, Instagram, yes. TikTok, whatever. And so it's like we do this daily and then we're like, oh, but that doesn't apply to our faith. Yeah. Like my faith doesn't need, need that. refreshing. I do it everywhere else <laughs> in my life. But this is the one thing that's kind of exclusive, excluded yeah. from yeah. that principle. So it's like we need that. We need to be refreshed. We need to be actively refreshing our faith and getting back to a good place with God, right? Like yeah. we need to be repenting. And that's why I think it's so important because repentance allows us to bring new life to things, bring new energy into our life because yeah. we're, we're, we're renewing that, mm -hmm. that commitment we have with God to. Yes. So it really does. Yeah. yeah, yeah refreshment yeah. is a big deal. And, and I think, cause the thing that we have to realize is that, is that any, everything material uh, is influenced by, the thermodynamic law of entropy, meaning that if left alone, it kind of tends towards chaos. Right. And so repentance is this ongoing process that helps you refresh and, and grow and renew, just like being active and healthy and working out does for your physical body. Mm. So. so, I mean, talk to me a little bit about um, kind of the, the, the idea of what, repentance comes from like what's the word come from does it have like oh well a, it comes from a, a greek background? word yeah it comes from the greek word it's uh it's basically two. we haven't gotten our vocab word yeah. breakdown of the week that's not like uh, last week it was well it's meta to know a and what it is is it comes from the word meta which means after or behind and then net o a 
which means one's mind. So it's really interesting, and that is, is that repentance, uh, in essence, because it's like, you know, repentance occurs when your mind has left behind something completely changed in its orientation. So something, the meaning of the word repentance in the original Greek means that there was something that brought about a complete and utter, utter change in your way of thinking regarding your behavior, your action, and your attitude. And I find it interesting you kind of say, you know, you've left behind. Uh, I volunteer in the youth ministry, and, mm -hmm. and Steve did a section on repentance as well a few months back. And he kind of talked about, you know, it's a turning away or a walking away from this sin in your life, right? Yeah. You're, you're making that choice to leave it behind. You, yeah. you say, I'm not going to be a part of this anymore. Yeah. And I think it's, it doesn't always have to be this big dramatic thing. You know, there's that, that, that phrase of like, cool guys don't look at explosions. It doesn't need to be this <laughs> nuclear bomb going off behind you as you walk away from it. It doesn't yeah. have to be something so big or so dramatic. It can literally just be. I'm not just going to, I'm just not going to do that anymore. Yeah. And that's it. But it does, it does, it, uh, it does have to have a conviction to it, you know, um, and something in, in, in some ways, uh, a change of mind, not just a change of feelings or emotions, but an actual change of mind, a brand new mindset, you know, uh, can be a subtle decision, but have a really dramatic impact. Mm -hmm. I mean, the perfect example of how repentance works is that Paul outlined it for us in the book of Philippians for himself and said that and what he did is he said this is this is what happened to me and what we see is how repentance actually works in the life of a person because paul had a uh encounter with god and so he completely walked away from everything about his life and walked in a new direction so and that is really classic repentance and so uh, it starts in Philippians chapter 3 with verse 4. And what Paul's doing is he's talking about, in my old way of life, I achieved all this stuff that I had confidence in until I met Jesus. So listen to how he says, he goes, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more reasons. I was circumcised the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. As for zeal, I was persecuting the church. And as for righteousness, based on the law, I was found faultless. Mm. So he's saying, in my past, I had every, what I, I was really good at all this. That was my mindset. Okay? He says, but, verse 7, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of, and here's a key phrase, knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. So the catalyst of his uh, change in mindset, this repentance that he experienced, was when he met Jesus. So he said, this is so valuable. So it reminds me of the parable that Jesus spoke, that there was a man, you know, who bought gems and jewels, and he was a trader and all these things, and he came across a pearl, and he saw a pearl that he'd never seen before. And it was the greatest pearl he ever, and because he had been involved in gems and pearls and stuff, he knew its value. So he sold everything he had to possess that one pearl, mm. right? So that is in essence what happened to Paul. He had met Jesus and he saw the value 
of being connected spiritually to God. And then, and then look at what he says next uh, in verse 8. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Jesus Christ. So his new mindset is guiding him, propelling him forward in a brand new direction. You see how repentance is working here? There's a mm. catalyst and everything he valued before he's walked away from and now he's valuing something new. And he, listen, he kind of finishes his thought off. Yes, I want to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. I want to become like him in his death and so somehow attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, I have not already obtained this, nor I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. And this shows you the powerful, positive, refreshing impact of repentance. Here's the one thing I do. I forget what is behind and I strain towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's I like this idea of the 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 propelling, the yeah. propelling cuz it has an energy behind it that isn't just isn't just a stagnation or just a oh mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. It's like I am moving in a brand new direction. You know, we have all these billionaires that are having their own little space race. Yeah. And they're propelling into the atmosphere. They have energy behind it. You can't get yeah. into space without expending a ton of energy. Correct. And there's a lot of propulsion. And it feels like that's how our faith should be. Like, mm-hmm. we should really be running away. You know, I did Financial Peace University. And, and um, what's Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey has this, has this great story about when you're in debt, you should be running away with the same intensity that a gazelle runs away from a cheetah. Like that cheetah <laughs> is chasing after you at warps, you know, mock yeah. speed. And that gazelle is not like, I'm going to take a stroll. He's like, running. I'm running for my life. And it's yeah. like, that's that's what your your renewal of your face should feel like. It shouldn't just be this little thing. I mean, I, I made the joke about, you know, it doesn't have to be an explosion as far as, a big life change as far as like, it doesn't need to be like, you know, I was, you know, prostituting myself and doing all these things, but you should be pursuing. Yeah. You should be pursuing this new course of action with the fervor of being, you know, chased by a cheetah or trying to get to space or whatever analogy works best for your mindset. Correct. That, that propulsion that should be part of that. And that propulsion is what is where the transformational power of the Holy spirit in your life does its best work. Right. You know, when you're in alignment with where God is going and you're pursuing it wholeheartedly, then the Holy Spirit is just making, you know, little corrections and things like that. You know, they're not having to, like, beat you over the head with a two by four and say, wake up, wake up. Well, and I think I think another thing I'd like you to talk about is I feel like a lot of times repentance. We've talked about all this energy and kind of this new way of thinking and propulsion, but it's like we still have this idea and it's, you know, whether it's from movies or from um, yeah. different ways pastors have conveyed it over the years that have maybe influenced our mindset, but it's like 
we get this remorse feeling about repentance. Like it's supposed to be like, I feel bad about something I did. So I need to go like apologize to God about it. And then, (laughs) you know, that's where I'm at versus like your, your phrasing and what Paul was saying and Peter was saying was, this needs to be a new way of life for you. It needs to be exciting. It needs to be full of energy. It needs to be you know, something to be excited about, not something that's like, well, I got to go, you know, we go back to our principal example, getting dragged into the principal's office and I got to go apologize to Susie about the thing I did to her. Right. Or. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that that is one of the things that is a lot of people are really misunderstanding about uh, true and authentic repentance because so many people in our culture and in, in our society is that, Repentance is about feeling remorse. It's about feeling bad about something. Well, technically, that's not repentance at all. You know, it's just guilt. That's, basically. Yeah, it's guilt, and it might be conviction. You know, it might even be sorrow. But listen to this: what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in chapter seven of the, his second letter to them, verse ten. He goes, "Godly sorrow brings repentance." So notice that sorrow and repentance are two separate things here. He says, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation, and it leaves, this is what's really important, no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Mm. So first thing he does is he separates sorrow, feeling bad, right? Feeling bad. We feel bad because of what has happened in our past or a decision that we've made. We feel guilty. Uh, we feel uh, shame. And what's so amazing is how much guilt and shame influences and uh, impacts everything in your today. You know what I'm saying? It really does. It's so interesting that, that like, let's say you're married and you guys have a problem with communicating, you know, and you're, you're kind of just you know, you and your spouse are kind of going head to head on this thing over and over and over again. And you're like, you know, I, I'm not angry at you. I'm just trying to communicate clearly. But your spouse is like, you know, we can't do this and we can't do it. We'll never agree. And, da, 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 da. and you're just like, and over time you start to realize that it's this way this person was raised creates all this anxiety in them whenever you talk about this topic. Because in their family, there was a sin area in this thing. And so defenses were made and maybe they look back and they feel guilty about it or they're defensive about it or they're ashamed about it. And it drives this right now here and today. We are controlled in ways we'll never imagine by our past. Mm. And what happens is so so many people think that, well, repentance is I feel bad. And I and so I say I'm sorry and I ask God to forgive me there. I've repented. Actually, that's not repentance. That's sorrow. And that's what Paul wrote. He says, godly sorrow brings about repentance. So if you feel bad about something or you feel guilty about something or you know you've done something, your conscience uh, is speaking to you or the spirit of God is convicting you of something you did, that opens the door for you to practice repentance. So many people, though, choose not to do that. Therefore, it just, instead of godly sorrow, it becomes worldly sorrow. And worldly sorrow always ends in what? Death. Mm. That's what it says right there in 710 of 2 Corinthians. But how does godly sorrow 
change your life? How does it lead to salvation and wipe away all regret? And I take that to mean not just your regrets, but your sense of wounded identity, you know, your sense of uh, uh, your flaws, uh, the things that steal your confidence. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I don't do that. Uh, how does how does godly sorrow? How does that sorrow become godly? Well, it's it's godly because you it brings about repentance. It specifically says that. So repentance, practicing it, is the key. And repentance is an, a complete change of heart, a changing of one's mind. And so in the situation with your spouse, if there's, you have a block or you're going on, what you should do is instead of just feeling bad that you don't get along or feeling bad that you can't get on the same page, what you ought to do is you ought to practice repentance. And what is that? What does that mean to say, why am I getting upset about this? Why do I feel so, you know, more about this than talking about changing the tires on the car? Why, why am I holding on? Why is it? Why start asking yourself these questions because there's things you believe and convictions you have. You may not even know that are wrapped around this mindset from the past and what repentance does. It allows you to evaluate what those are. And then you can say, I'm going to reject them and I'm going to walk in the fullness of who God says I am. You know, it's really interesting because uh, one of the biggest challenges that I find today, and it's just fascinating to me, is that women uh, uh, have been told, you know, that they're so powerful. They and our society's opened up every avenue for them. They they can pursue education. They can do all these things. They have more opportunity, more freedom, and stuff like that. But more women are unhappy than ever before. I mean, they're dissatisfied. And so when you dig into that and you say, well, why are they so dissatisfied is because they have very negative images of themselves, you know, of their capability. And what's really interesting is that what repentance does is allows you to evaluate those, dig those out and change your mindset. I think the the biggest thing I'm hearing in, in this kind of new way of looking at repentance or the true way of looking at repentance, I shouldn't yeah. say new mm -hmm. is it's a matter of how active you are in it. Most yes. people's base understanding of repentance is I feel bad about this. So I apologize to God about it. And it's a very passive way of doing it. It's like, okay, well my conscience is making me kind of feel bad. So I'm just going to be like, okay, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. And it's like, yeah, you're just trying to ease your conscience, you're just ease your conscience, but this is get up and go. And we're talking about being active. Yes. And so true biblical repentance is I'm going to turn around and propel myself, run away exactly. from get out of this mindset, lifestyle, whatever it may be that this sin is pulling me down into. Right, right. And so it's all about activating. It's an active act. It's not something you can just kind of like, it just kind of happens to you. The sorrow, right. the sorrow passively happens. What you decide to do from there is where the real repentance starts. Yeah. And what Paul did is he said, you know, uh, this is everything that I valued in life. This is what I really valued. If, if you want to have active repentance, let's say you become a Christian, right? And you've been walking with God for 10 15 years and you're thinking to yourself, oh, it's just kind of gotten stale and I'm just trying to live life. And, you know, I'm not as happy as I like, but I go to church because I should, you know, I like the people there and the preaching's not bad or the music's awesome or whatever the case, right. you know, you're just kind of that. But if you miss, no big deal. And 
da da da. And then one day you you just feel like you know I'm just kind of blah about all of this. And and uh, how do you get your faith fired up in that situation? Okay, let's say you were doing really well. You know, you just started your journey of faith, and you started to meet some people, and you've come to Christ, and you're experiencing the new. Then COVID hits, and you're locked in your room, and you're not around anybody, and you find out that you're you've slid into a depression and you're isolated and you, you know, you don't know how to get started again. How do you fire your faith up in that regard? Uh, let's say you've been married a long, long, long time and you're just, you know, it's like you'd hope things would change and get better. What you expect and what you live out are two different things. And so you're just, you know, you're hurt and mad and angry about it, you know? And so now you feel far from God. You don't really care about, you know, church community. You don't care about doing ministry. How do you fire your faith up in that regard? Well, Paul gave us the model. The first thing you do is you do a values inventory. You ask yourself, what exactly do I really value? And what Paul did is he said, look, I lived my life valuing all of these things. I was a Pharisee. I was a zealot. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I lived flawlessly according to the standard of the law in Israel. I, I lived my life for these things. This is what I valued. So the first step is you have to ask yourself deep down, what do you really value? Mm. See, and this is why repentance is so powerful. People think it's, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do that again. No, 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 no. Repentance begins with a hardcore, brutally honest with yourself, what do I value? If you're a guy and you want to know what you value, then get out your checkbook and see what you spend your money on. It'd be a bank statement for most people these bank days. Bank statement, yeah. Well, well nobody checkbooks. uses checkbooks anymore. <laughs> but yeah, look at your debit card purchases. You know, um, the banks will even do it for you. They yep. are organize they all organize that stuff. It, yeah. They label it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's food. I have all this money. I spend. Oh my goodness. But see, what I'm saying is, is that you you have to do an honest evaluation of what you value. That's the first step. I think what Paul is showing us in the process of repentance, and then he says, th th then he met Christ, right? And so. Um, do I really want to know Jesus? And this is what's really so powerful, I think, and so important to understand, is that without Jesus, it's impossible to be a confident person. You'll just be an arrogant person, you see, and it's, it's based on you. When you know Jesus, you can be confident, you can be courageous, you can be powerful, you can be powerful, dangerous even, in your faith. But that is the result of repentance. And this is why I call it the squat. You know, when you, when you go to the gym and you build your core and you start doing those squats and you get that full range of flexibility, it starts unlocking all of this other stuff in your body. You know, it keeps, it's the core from which everything else flows mm. in your development of strength. In the same way, repentance, you know, Paul says you reevaluate, you evaluate what you uh, value, your and then you say, I want to know Jesus. So you ask yourself, what does Jesus value? And th this is what Jesus values. I'm going to believe what he said in the New Testament, and then I'm going to change my mind. I'm not going to value that anymore. I'm going to value this. And that's called repentance. And that's what starts to transform you and propel you forward in your faith. That's why repentance is so powerful to get you up and get you going again. 
Well, I've loved this discussion on really identifying true biblical repentance. I'm excited to hear more about what you have in store for us on Thursday and Sunday. Um, I would encourage you guys, this is like, I mean, even just this conversation has really transformed how I view repentance. So if you've got a friend, a family member, encourage them to listen to this episode. I mean, we, we encourage you to listen to a lot of episodes, but this one's kind of a pillar of faith kind of thing that you need to understand. So share with someone, have a discussion with someone, um, you know, pastor Doug's fine. If you quote him as far as things (laughs) that you heard as, and you can start a discussion. He's not saying you have to believe everything that comes out of his mouth, but it's supposed to encourage you to think for yourself and reevaluate what you've been taught and how, what you've learned so that you can think and make an opinion for yourself. Um, we just encourage you to have those discussions. Don't just be passive in your understanding of this either. Go out, have a discussion with somebody because yeah. that's the only way you're going to refine. Iron sharpens iron. You've got to get that refined blade of what you believe and what you think. So please mm-hmm. do that. Amen. Have a conversation, and we will see you on th- Thursday here on The Salty Pastor. All right. Blessings, everyone. Thank you.